The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We're coming to you live from Salem, New Hampshire, on top of Two Guys Smoke Shop today. And I've been told I've been cueing the quirky tip wrong, so i got to totally change up how we do it and everything else. And I've been told I'm a little manic. <laughs> Between starting, the two of us. He's starting, to accept, he's starting to accept that. Stop it. No whining, just because the pig is squeaking. All right. So we are going to talk about how it is a privilege to work with dogs today. Um, Scott and I are going into... The busiest season, I would say, of our business. This is part of our brainwashing. whole year, yeah. No, well, really, I mean, like, we're very busy around the holidays. People want to go away. That's when most people want to board. They, you know, want to do training around that time. Yes, kids' school vacations. So, like, we ourselves, we literally went out for our Christmas dinner last night. Um, Shout out to Festina Lente in Kittery, Maine. Our client is the head chef there. Very good place. But we celebrated Christmas, like him and I, together yesterday because we're just going to get so, 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 so busy. We'll go see Scott's family on Christmas Day. But, like, this is how we do the holidays. We hunker down. But with that said, we want to take the whole podcast today to talk about what a privilege it is to work with dogs because we personally have learned that as long as our headspace is in alignment, we're much happier as dog trainers. Alignment with what? <laughs> alignment with thinking it's a privilege. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. Hang on, that's my cue. All right, so my quirky tip of the day today is from this company called Spark Paws. I saw this on Facebook. I feel like I always say that. Um, and I did do the Black Friday sale. It's a very expensive product. So for those of you that go on Spark Paws and they're like, wow, those Williams are really rolling in it. It seems like it, but they have... It's true. <laughs> what we're rolling in, though, that's another issue. Yeah. Well, hopefully we're rolling in the dough in 2023. Rolling but what they the have, I know poop. I'm standing up and what's Jess doing. Should I get out of the way? Have, no, they have these matching um, outfits for dogs and owners. Come here, free. Sit. Come here, sit. All right, I'm going to try to do this with my headset. Move your okay. foot. There we I'm go. Sit. Come here. Hop it up. Good. So look how cute this is. <laughs> this is my dog saying. So look at It's actually matching hoodies that, like, you and your dog can wear together. So check them out. My quirky tips this whole year have been, uh, for the holidays, things that you can buy for your dog or for dog owners in your life that they may love. And I think this is the cutest thing Very ever. cool. I, I was going to go jogging with, with Jimmy wearing his <laughs> matching outfit. I don't know if you can get it in time for the holidays, but I think it's so cute. So that's our quirky tip of the day. Great packaging. Great product. We love it, right? We love it. All right, you go back in your crate. Oh, get in the kennel. All right, sweetie. So let's talk about how it's a privilege to work with dogs. Okay. Um, let's even a go privilege. as deep. Let us count the ways. <laughs> Let us, let's go as deep as to talk about when we stop doing in-person training and we move to Maine and everything else. So what did we take off? Six to eight months? Yeah, about six months. It was yeah. the best thing I ever did. Yeah, it really, there was, we were experiencing high level burnout. We thought, oh, we'll just, you know, go be superstars online. We won't have to do this in-person stuff anymore. But we really kind of regained like control of our own lives, I'd say in a sense. We really focused in on our own happiness and wellness and everything else and our headspace just to be able to be better serving our clients. Well, it's like that song, everybody needs a little time away. (laughs) Well, in a uh, sense, but if you're moving into your busiest season here, like I really want to bring this up because I'm so frequently seeing things on Facebook where just like trainers are bitching about, you know, client inquiries. And I get it. A lot of crazy stuff happens and clients can be, you know, really out there when they're first contacting you or they can be really difficult to deal with while you're working with them. 
But really, like... I can't relate to that, honestly, no, in any way, recently, shape, or no, form. No, recently, to, they've been really... To be um, upset or frustrated with too many inquiries or is crazy, because that's Or the business. way they look or anything else. So I just... I want to just take note, and everybody can live their lives however they want, but we really are privileged and blessed and honored to actually be working with dogs as a living. And yes, they can be difficult sometimes. Yes, it can be very stressful at times. We're going to be going into a very stressful season. However... The way that you approach it and your mindset about it really does matter. So if you're just bitching about how ridiculous this person was that, you know, they asked for this and they have this kind of mix or how poor they did with their follow-ups or something else, it's also kind of infiltrating how you feel about your business and your career. So be yeah. very thoughtful of that. I can give you an example. I would love an example. Last night I had a call. A woman oh, called that's me. that's true. And it was a referral and she... Said, could I, you know, talk to you a little bit about training? I said, sure. I had my dog on the treadmill and I had plenty of time to sit. And we talked for like 20 minutes. And at the end of that, she says, well, I already signed up for a boot camp with someone else. And I just wanted to get a price from you on your boot camp. And uh, after talking to her for 20 minutes, I said, really, I don't think price has anything to do with this. I don't think you're ready to let go of your dog and do any kind of boot camp. And she said, yeah, you know, you're right. And I said, if you, if you do need any help in the future, let me know. And then, and I really didn't have a big attitude about it. I no, spent, he didn't bitch. He, yeah, he I spent a long time on the phone. Yeah, he just and then, came down and, and told me. And then she contacts me this morning and paid for an in-home, canceled the other boot camp <laughs> and wants me to come to her house. It, you know, so it's interesting because, you know, years ago, I would have been all pissed off. Yeah. Oh, she wasted my time. She's trying to price shop. She did this. She did that. And none of it had anything to do with me being burnt out on people or dog training. It was just because I was unhappy in my own life and I had a lot of stress in my own life yeah. and I would project that onto my clients. Yeah, sometimes. but I also want to say about Scott and his history of you know careers and everything else is Scott was in sales pretty much his whole life. Like he started in telemarketing, he did roofing sales. Dog training, yes, is dog training, but in a certain degree for Scott, especially on that sales call, it's just another form of sales. So Scott has a <clears throat> lot of emotional intelligence. I think intelligence. of it as therapy. Well, no, but he has a lot of emotional intelligence when it comes to selling. He's done a lot of training. He has had a lot of experience in this, and he's a likable person. So for him, he almost comes from a standpoint of having more experience in this like direct sales kind of field, like dealing with people than someone that maybe came from a nine to five or some sort of corporate job or something else and now became a dog trainer. So sometimes it is just the logistics of being on the phone and dealing with people on the phone and everything else. But you've been literally living like that for 40 years. And I mean, being, really. being present with people yeah, and really listening it. to them yes. and not try, not coming with an agenda of yes. I'm trying to get you to the close. Yeah. I'm actually listening to her and she's telling me all this stuff and I'm like, Based on what she was telling me, I said, you really don't want to, you can't do a boot camp. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you but, get too many issues for a boot camp. But that, your headspace while you're screening clients, you know, dealing with clients face-to-face, -face, that is one facet of it. And whatever that takes for you to feel more restored, to feel more pleasant, maybe start a gratitude journal. I saw some big thing, Marie Forleo's doing a big holiday special on gratitude. Like, there's great statistics about people, people that keep gratitude journals, their friends, their family, their coworkers, they find them being 
nicer people. Whatever it is, you can deal with what you need to deal with for the in-person clients. But the dogs themselves, they need us. They need us coming at our best. They need us coming at our steadiest. They need us coming at our sharpest. Yes, they are going to be there for us when we're having hard days and everything too, but especially as trainers, as professionals, even if you're a groomer or a vet or something in this industry, it is a privilege to work with dogs. And I really want people to kind of internalize that as we head into the holiday season. This is a season of gratitude. This is a season of thinking about all these things that are blessings. The fact that we are able to make a living by training other people's animals and interacting with dogs on a daily basis is a blessing. It is something that everyone cannot do. And if you cannot get to the point, you know, as we close out this year, maybe into 2023, that you cannot look at dogs and working with dogs in this way, maybe you should segue careers. Because honestly, Scott and I have never been more fulfilled than we are at this point in our lives. And that has to do with a lot of different things, but a lot of it is the podcast and the in-person training and having a good balance in our relationship in Maine as well. But we had to fight to get there. It's not like we just popped out of the womb and we were just ready to rock, you know? Well, I'd like to take it a step further. Oh boy, here we go. Nice say to further too. that it is a privilege to live with a dog. Forget about a career with dogs. Yeah. To have one dog in your home yeah. is a special thing. And uh, there are some organizations that would prefer that none of us own dogs. That is true. That we did not have dogs in this true. country anymore. That is true. And that is a level to look at it of. And when your dog is annoying you and your dog is, you have nowhere to turn and you're just beating your head against you all about your dog, look for some like actual help that is going to change things. It really isn't that tricky to find someone that can help you. I just went down with Sync this past weekend. I did six hours of behavioral consults in Southern Mass. She taught with me all day long. I really tried to help those people as much as I could, strangers I've never met before within that hour I spent with them. And I wasn't selling them some big package. They're not all coming in for boot camp. I really am trying to help. So if you're an owner that's living with a dog and you're like, nothing about this is fun, figure out some ways to structure your life a little bit differently so it is more pleasant. Maybe go back and listen to some previous episodes. But yes, that is a very good point you bring up. Just be able to come home, have a dog at your house after work, lay on the couch with your dog, you know, go for a walk with your dog, whatever it is that you and your dog enjoy. It is a privilege to be able to have that be a part of your day. Good yeah, one, and, and most dogs, not most dogs, there are some clients I have that have one dog that are pulling their hair out. They're totally frustrated. They're upset. They're home crying. Uh, literally crying because this dog is just, they have not accepted who this dog is as a being. Mm -hmm. And they want this dog to be a different dog. Yeah. And the reality is the faster you accept the dog you have and make the best of that dog, the faster that you both will go down the road harmoniously, living a life that is the best it can be for you and that particular dog. And uh, life will be good and you won't have the stress. And it's it's a bummer because, like, Jess and I have six dogs. And last night was the first night in quite a while that we've had not one <laughs> yeah. client dog in our house. That's it's why we just had our Christmas six. Dinner. That's why and we had it's Christmas like dinner. such a breeze yeah. because the dogs are all dialed in. They can go out, go potty, they can get on beds, they can have a bone. They're quiet for the most part in the crates. <laughs> Little Bob sometimes has and, something um, to say. But it's like, it's nothing for us to just have our own dogs in our home. And we have clients that have one dog. And they're so upset about this dog's behavior. And um, I think it comes back to acceptance. It's yeah. like, you're mad because this isn't what you want. 
Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's not, but you can work and make that situation better. And, and I'm going to say also, take that a step farther, the lesson being acceptance. Yes, 100%. Like the sooner you just say, this is the dog we have, we love him for who he is, it helps. You also sometimes may have to accept that this isn't the right dog for your family. And that's okay also. But once you make that choice and once you actually choose acceptance in that situation, life does get easier. Yeah. Um, and But those type of dogs really are far and few between having worked with hundreds yeah. of clients and dogs. Yeah. There are very few dogs that just should not be in the house. Yeah. And, in um, our professional opinion, Yeah, I mean, 90, 98% of these dogs out there can find a place in your home and you can have a somewhat harmonious existence with yeah. them if you have big aggression issues. I mean, yeah. if you have a dog that has so much anxiety that it's tearing apart your furniture and also ripping crates apart and it's just completely out of its mind. Yeah. Yeah. Those dogs are out there, but they are far and few between. No, they really true. are and very similar, far and few between. It's similar to like how you would look at your marriage, right? Like, oh, I wish my wife was different. I wish my husband was different. I wish my partner I, was different. Not me. Uh, so, no. <laughs> I think Scott's I got the thrilled. perfect wife. My point though is same thing with the kids. Sometimes you wish the kids did this a little bit differently or you wish the kids didn't get triggered so easily this way. If you just accept who and what is around you, it really takes like an incredible weight off. So the lesson of acceptance is a good one. All right, let's go to break super quick. And when we get back, we're going to talk about what a privilege it is to work with dogs a little bit more. Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to the madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Till then, keep it quirky. Okay, we're back. All right, so we talked about acceptance as far as accepting the dog you have. What do we deal with as far as like difficult clients? And we haven't really had a lot of headbutting, I would say the past three to four to five years of things. And not that we had a lot before, but we've learned and we've evolved over time. So how do you think that we deal with a difficult client or a difficult situation? What is your thought process there? Well, again, it, it's trying to help. Typically, if it's a difficult situation, it's because the owner does not have the emotional strength to implement the yeah. lifestyle that that particular dog needs. Yeah. And typically, we're talking about a little more structure in the dog's life. They want the dog to be a free spirit. The dog is not comfortable being a free spirit. The dog starts getting anxious and and I, in my opinion, acting out in much the same way as a young child and adolescent would like start looking for boundaries. Yeah. What can I, can I scribble all over your walls? Can I throw ketchup on the, on the carpet? Can no, I take you can't steak. do these can things. Can I steal steak off the counter if yeah. you're a dog? Can I eat and poop And people have a yard? hard time. In fact, the woman I spoke with last night, she said, I'm not able to say no to my dog. Mm-hmm. And she understands that. Yeah. Well, that's huge yeah. that she acknowledges this. I'm unable to say no to my dog, but I'm at a point now where I need some help teaching this dog no. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a starting point. There's a lot we can do with that, you know? Yeah. And I would say, not that someone that says I can't say no to my dog is incredibly difficult, but probably the reason that we've weeded out a lot of um, maybe, let's say, difficult clients like that we actually have taken on for training is that we learned then that Scott didn't do enough on the pre-sale. Like Scott is making sure that our expectations are all very much in alignment. Really, even if he's going out there for 147, if somebody says like, you know, my dog can only be walked from a harness where you clip the leash on the back and he can't 
can't even work a dog on a flat collar, maybe that disqualifies them from even having a solution session where Scott can go out and evaluate the dog. We make sure they're on the same page as philosophically as much as possible as far as classes go and boot camp go and everything else, that all of our expectations are in alignment on the front end. We're not trying to sell them that like, oh yeah, if you give us a few grand, like your life's going to be way better. We guarantee everything's going to be great and all your problems are going to go away. And then we have fallout on the other end. We want to make sure that the people are in the headspace that like, yes, if I needed to create my dog overnight to sleep, to get some structure at first, I will. If I need to, you know, do this for my dog, for my dog's safety and my dog's well-being, I will. But a lot of that is on the pre-sale of how we deal with people and how we interact with people before we choose to actually take them on as clients, I would say. Yeah. And I, I would say that it's not important that their philosophy is in alignment with ours or mine. Uh, I just want someone to be open yes. to maybe a new way of doing things. Yeah. And yeah. it's even better when they have pursued a methodology and a philosophy for a fairly long period of time because now they're more open. They're like, listen, I've been doing it this way for quite a while. I need to do something else. I don't know what else, but where I've been going is not, it's not getting better. Yeah. I'll say, okay, well, there's, there's a few different things I can try. And if, if they tell me, if I list three or four different you know, tools and they say, oh yeah, we did all that. We did everything. Nothing works. Well, maybe they're in the headspace of nothing works and it doesn't, it's not going to help them to give me more money because they've decided nothing works. But yeah. that's rare also. Yeah. Most people are like, I've been doing, you know, I've been going to classes and it's just not working and I need to do something else. Yeah. And I would, I would piggyback off that, that it's kind of a situation of mutual respect, right? Like we're going to have respect for the client and what they're willing to implement, what they're not able to implement. And then we need them to have respect for us. Like nothing will irk Scott worse than he goes, he's signed somebody up for a four pack. He's done two <coughs> classes with them and he shows up for the third class and somebody's like, oh yeah, well I read, you know, here about this. And Scott's like, well, you hired me to be a dog trainer. So like either let's do it this way, the way that you hired me and paid me and to provide you a service or, you know, you'd go find help other places. Yeah, but we, it's about mutual respect, respecting whoever you're working with as a dog professional and then respecting your client as a hardworking, loving owner. They're doing their best out there. They're not always getting the best setups from their breeders, from their rescue groups, from all this other stuff. Everybody's doing the best they can. I promise you. I would say getting back to the privilege of dog training mm -hmm. and off of <clears throat> my clients, excuse me, I've learned more about myself and grown more as, a, as an individual on an emotional and maturity level through working with dogs uh, because they force me to look at my shortcomings uh, at least a couple times a week, you know? <laughs> and uh, no, it can be yeah. through, yeah. you know, the dog is not doing what I think they should be doing. Well, if I'm not being present and teaching and maybe reteaching and reteaching again, I can get frustrated. Why? This shouldn't be like this. Again, lack of acceptance. This dog should be better than he is. I've done three sessions on this behavior and they're not doing it. And uh, that's a lack of emotional maturity on my part and realizing this is the dog I have. And like I always use the, the analogy of children, me being one of them. I was what I would consider a slow learner. I had problems in elementary school and for a multitude of reasons. I didn't learn the curriculum at the same speed as other children did. Didn't mean I wasn't capable of being a, an independent adult yeah. and being able to do, you know, Be married live, to me. live independently. Please. But it took me a little more time. And it's the same thing. Sometimes the most difficult dogs we will have for a board and train. And I was telling this to a client that the dogs went home yesterday. The young dogs that come in that don't know anything, they learn a lot really quick. They go home looking really good, 
And typically it starts to fall apart because they need that constant reinforcement, but people don't reinforce as much when everything looks good. They wait for things to fall apart. Whereas when you get a, like a five or six-year-old dog that is really difficult, you bring them back, they are improved. They're not where I would like them to be for the time I've had them, but they're dramatically improved. People see the improvement and they're like, okay, I'm going to keep this going. And quite often within like a month or six weeks after the dog has gone home, they are even, again, dramatically yeah. improved because the people yeah. like trying to keep up with because it. Because the people had to commit. Yeah. yeah. They didn't have and an they option. See, they got yeah. a little taste of success when they see, oh, we can walk down the street without pulling. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can do this now. We can work on our off leash a little more. Yeah. That kind of stuff. No, definitely. And it really is true because I was going to say that exact same thing that Scott said. The hardest dogs, the hardest cases... The dogs that literally, I'm like, babe, how many nights are left? Like, we need to, like, make sure the dog goes home the exact day it's supposed to go home. We have learned the most about ourselves, or we have advanced the most as trainers. And the owners have learned a lot about themselves because, as Scott's saying, they've had to take a close look at this whole entire situation and really lean in and really grow with the dog. So that is 100% true. When it seems like you're in the trenches, this sucks, I can't believe it, you're, you know, treating maybe a bite on your finger from some dog that scraped you in the kennel and you got another dog that's peeing all the time and another dog that's just driving up a wall. When you are at your lowest and you're at your most stressed in this business, no matter how you're working with dogs, in what capacity, when you are working with dogs, when you're your most stressed, if you allow those to be moments of grace and learning, we promise you that that is going to be very fulfilling because we have gone through that quite a bit throughout our decade or plus together. Yeah. It's just like anything else when you're in a highly stressful situation. If you are conscious enough to realize it and take, just take an emotional step back and take a deep breath and just take a moment and kind of recenter yourself and then jump in again to, to continue on. Yeah. Things and will get better. And it's really, I really want to stress the point that it's not a fake it to make it situation. <clears throat> like we're talking about going in with genuine thoughts and feelings. Scott is notorious for this probably I'd say at least for five years now, if it was like a really freaking pain in the ass situation, I'd be, oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And Scott would say, we're doing God's work. It's God's work. But like literally you have to actually buy the fact that you are there. You are there to help. You're not just putting a smile on your face and hiding your frustration and maybe stuffing your anger and trying to make your emotions something they're not. The dogs understand that. People who are empathic owners understand what's actually happening. They understand that you're masking it. You truly have to make a commitment that like, I'm committing to this dog today. Like I am committing for the next 45 minutes to an hour to help this dog in every way I can. Even if it's a dog that you've had in for grooming and it's been the biggest pain in the ass every single time it came in, you're committing with a fresh look, you know, okay, this is, we're going to treat this differently maybe than we have before. And that is like reinvigorating. That helps, that promotes growth, that at least allows there to be growth versus just faking it to make it. So be conscious of that distinction as well. Yeah. And I think that the, quite often the most difficult dog are my favorites. You know, I <laughs> he mean, does love all we, the had a, we had a Yorkie in last month. Oh my and God. She was like the strong, one of the strongest dogs. She was like squirt. In, she was in like Gigi. Years. Oh my God. Super that strong dog. dog. But she trained really well. She like got it with the program because we had to implement a lot of structure and she was testing me and Jess and pushing here Mar- and there Mar- and learning. Oh, Oh, I can't do that. Okay. <laughs> and then she was like, Oh, I'm so happy. I don't need to try to push in all these different directions. And, um, you know, when she went home, she did the same thing again. She was pushing, she was trying to reclaim her power in this house. Yeah. 
And when you have a tooth, you know, I don't know, she's maybe six pound dog or something. She's I think pretty she was small. under five. She yeah, was she's tiny. maybe under five. So it's easy to say, oh, she's so cute. And, you know, these little Yorkies, they're putting, they want to put bows in their hair and all this crap. This dog was like resource guarding the daughter from the dad <laughs> and doing all kinds of crazy Biting stuff. Biting people in the ass. There was a and, lot. Yeah. And, uh, but it's all starting to come together. It's yeah. all working out. Yeah. And it's because they love the dog enough to step up and they wanted it to work. And, um, the dog is doing much, much better. Yeah. And I will piggyback off that also and say that, you know, having these dogs that are really tricky, that are really difficult, everything else. Yes, we're growing. Yes, we're learning. Yes, we're leaning into that. But also when they're gone, it's then on the people too. Scott and I have gotten very good about boundaries. Like we're not laying in bed at night talking about the boot camp dogs that went home. We're not out to dinner discussing, you know, dogs that we did three months ago. Like at some point, once the dogs are back with the owners, now that's on them. We care greatly. We field texts with people. We go and do follow-ups. We put as much in as possible, but we're not allowing those dogs and their issues and the family, however they're progressing or not, to infiltrate our lives beyond the time that we spend with them, which I think is an important point just to bring up. And it's contributed to our wellness greatly because when the dog's away, then it's back to being their responsibility. So be conscious of that. If you're up at night constantly, like, I wonder how this dog's doing. I hope this dog's doing okay. I'm going to text about this dog. Like, you know, so-and-so's not happy. I got to fix this. Your life just becomes this constant, like, thought cycle of, you know, freaking out about the whole industry. So be very conscious of having good boundaries and separation. Well, and it's, you know, I also deal with my clients in the same way I deal with all of my extended family. I detach with love. (laughs) Okay, you detach so I, less with I love with your clients, them. I think. You're, I, you're more attached. I, uh, actually, when a dog goes home or when I'm working with someone, I tell them, text me anytime yeah. with a question. Yeah. And I do allow, I'll take a text at 11 at night. If they're working hard to get that dog on track. We're working And hard. they got a question, I'm going to help them out. Oh, yeah. the dog's barking. What do I do? Yeah. Uh, if they're not following direction, then I'm not going to start answering a 2 a.m. text with yeah. someone that's not oh, well, we don't use the crepe because he doesn't like it, and we, we free feed because he seems hungry all the time. That, after I've already told him how I think they should be working with the dog. If they're not going to step up a little bit, then I'm not going to continue to yeah. step up either. You yeah, know? no, it's true. But these are all just little tidbits that we kind of were thinking about and we have come up with. And literally, like right now, we are leaning into like, okay, we're hunkering down. I have everything bought for Christmas. Everything's ready to go in the car for Christmas morning. I don't have a lot of time around this time of the year because we are so, 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 so busy. And obviously, there's, you know, festivities. Chrissy's singing this weekend at a bar. We want to go see her do her Christmas singing. Like, there's a light show near us. Like, we want to kind of have a small amount of holiday, too. We've already watched It's a Wonderful Life and A Christmas Carol to get those out of the way. But, like, this is how we do holidays. It is very important to keep your headspace strong, you guys. I cannot stress that enough. And if you have worked with somebody, some like career coach or something before with dog training, we have no intention of being dog training career coaches. But if you've been told this is how you should do it, and this is the way that you should do it, and all of this stuff that you've been molded into to make your business work, that's great. And if you're making money, that's amazing. If there are certain aspects of that that aren't working, switch it up for you and see how things get better. Because having flexibility with our business model, with the way we approach things, with the way we approach everything that we do in our business has given us a lot of freedom and allowed us to look from like a bird's eye view, like, okay, we like that part of things. We don't like this. We want to change that. If it's this person, we don't see them on the weekends. Like we have a lot, we don't have a hard and fast rules on much besides let's both be on the same page and communicate together. So be very conscious of if you feel like something isn't going well, 
switch it up for you or you got a new year coming. Like write down some ideas of ways that you could just make small, small, small iterations in your business. And it may give you a ton more peace because we are living proof that doing exactly what we were doing three or four years ago can be a lot more stable and we can be a lot happier and we can have a lot more quality of life than we ever thought we could. Yeah, and you can make an amazing amount of progress in 15 or 20 minutes a day with your dog. Of course, Amazing yes. progress. Yes, if you are a pet owner out there listening, um, yes. If you just commit just a little bit, and if the lesson seems so cumbersome and it, you seem like you have your instructor in your ear like, oh, I'm not doing it right with the sit and everything else, go teach your dog to freaking shake paw. Like, just do something with your dog that you are spending intentional time with them. Same as the kids. Don't just be sitting there, hanging out, listening to the kids at, you know, at the dinner table at the end of the day scrolling through your phone. The dogs know when you're there intentionally. If you commit to them for 15 minutes a day and you are like actually interacting with them and not just coddling them, you will see an amazing change in your relationship. Good point, sweetie. I have a lot of good points. (laughs) Scott's Scott's (laughs) a real smarty. All right, you guys, we are almost heading into the big holiday season. Next week, we're going to have our holiday episode. And then the following week will be our last episode of 2022. And we're doing 2022 Dog of the Year. I'm super excited about that one. In the meantime, thank you so much for joining us. Please um, be safe out there. Get all your holiday stuff ready and keep Keep it it quirky. quirky. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thanks. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.